Hey, Nate here. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest into your leadership. This fortnightly Emerging Leaders podcast is an initiative of the Australian Christian Churches in WA. I'll be interviewing a wide range of people and hitting up topics that I found would have been helpful to know about in my younger leadership days. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Welcome to our next episode of the Emerging Leaders Podcast. Here is part two of our interview with Cassie Kertesingham. Uh, the last episode we talked a lot about where Israel came from, how it started, some of that journey. Um, so yeah, we've got to keep going on that um, path and see where this leads us. So Cassie, we were talking a little bit uh, about the whole idea of being the boss now. Mm. What is that like? What is it like not having a boss? Ah. Not having a boss. Well, my personality loves not having a boss. (laughs) (laughs) I love um, pioneering. I love making up my own rules. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I definitely, part of me really enjoys that. Um, But I think, yeah, I started working on my business when I was 23. I launched it when I was 24. And that's fairly young. Um, Mm. So I was very aware that I... I still needed a lot of um, guidance. Mm. I still needed a lot of wisdom. So I actually, I mean, everyone's different, but I was very intentional about keeping my business part-time so that I could have other okay. work where I did have a boss. Because mm. um, I think we can think that bad bosses or restrictive bosses, um, you know, hold us back and stop us from, you know, reaching our potential or, mm. or doing our best creative work. Um but number one, there's always something you can learn, right? Yeah. Even from a bad boss, you can learn mm. what you don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it's really um, it's really dangerous to think that you know everything and that um, that there's nothing you can learn from someone. Mm. Um, but I've also found in my own experience that creativity generally thrives with boundaries. Mm. Um, you have to dig a bit deeper. Yeah. And you have to get a little bit more um, creative. But sometimes our best work comes out of a place of frustration, or mm. what we think is restriction. Um, so until I had my baby a year ago, I always had another job. And so I'm 29. And I, I think I've learned a lot that has actually fed into my business, mm. having other people... Um, in leadership over me mm. in different areas, I think that's helped where I am a boss. Yeah. Um, so would you say part of your personality is loving their creativity and innovation? Yes, and going a bit rogue. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that um, my my business is set up in a way that I don't have a board. So if I decide, no, we don't want to do that anymore, or mm. we learnt this when we did this workshop, so we're going to instantly implement it. Yeah. I love that freedom. So it's very flexible. <laughs> yes. It's very yeah. changeable. Totally. And so a rigid nine to five yes. can seem like a bummer. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I love that, but I have also made some bad decisions mm. because I've been my own boss. That's a risky take, isn't it? Mm. Um, so I think I've, I've become really deliberate. Um, I guess in guiding my, my creative, innovative, rogue state. Um, mm. I have I have wise counsel that yeah. I run every big decision by. Mm. Like not decisions like um, should I change the color in one of our brands 
I think yeah. nothing yeah. like that. But in terms of um, like new developments, mm. new team members, I run every decent decision by my husband, mm-hmm. um, my mum, mm-hmm. often. Um, and then a couple, I have a couple of senior team leaders, like mm. Beck, she's a pastor, Dave is a pastor, mm. especially like on the ground on the day, I'll pretty often run most major decisions by them. Um, and yeah. I'm really blessed that I can get their, their input. Mm. I mean, last year <laughs> there was a team member who was kind of choking and <laughs> in my <laughs> in my very task oriented direct way I, I said to Dave and Beck I was like guys I'm gonna pull him off the stage <laughs> <laughs> what do you think and they in their wise pastoral <laughs> ways were look, that might be hard for him. Maybe if you go and join him and help him. <laughs> and they brought me, I was, okay, okay. And so I went and did that. And, and that was um, the best result. But um, there, the Bible talks about there being wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Mm. And I mean, even um, this year, there was an opportunity um, that had some red flags. I was mm. very aware that it had some red flags. Um, I ran it by my husband, Jules, and he said, oh, I don't feel good about it. Mm. So I did what all mature people did, and I, okay, I'm going to ask someone else. <laughs> and yeah. so I asked my mum. She said, oh, I don't feel good about it. Mm. Asked one of my more senior team leaders, and yeah. he said, oh, don't feel good about it. So mm. I didn't do it. And then a few weeks later, I was like, the red flags have kind of resolved themselves. Maybe, Maybe I'll just go ahead with it. And I felt Holy Spirit give me that check and say, don't do it. it. Okay. And so then a week later, information came to light that no one could have known. It wasn't, it wasn't that they were related to the Mm. the red flags or concerns. This was information that was hidden and it would have been really detrimental to my brand. Mm. I, I dodged the biggest bullet Mm. and I'm just so thankful that I had a multitude of counsel. Mm. Yes, I might be my own boss, but you know, even when we're not listening to Holy Spirit, God can still guide us with godly counsel. He mm. can still, if we're deliberate about who we're seeking yeah. counsel from. Um, mm. Yeah, being your own boss, it has its fun elements, mm. but I don't think anyone is supposed to be a law unto themselves. Yeah, I think, okay. I think there's great wisdom in having people there accountable you're accountable mm. to, um, mm. but being humble enough to, okay, I see this differently, but wise counsel, God honoring counsel, see it differently. So I'm okay. Mm. I'll lay down my, my thoughts at this point and just see how it goes. Yeah. That's really interesting because I think so many, um, creatives can sometimes be very maybe defensive mm. and protective of their ideas um, and their desires and their passions, and they can sometimes see no as rejection. Yes. So how do you how do you get to a place where you see it, where you can help yourself to? I guess I don't know. Is it, is it self talk? Yeah. Is it? Um, yeah. How do you deal with that sense of like, no, no, this is not no about me. Yes. This is more about life wisdom yes. building something significant i think i think that's huge uh it's something that i personally really struggled with like 
rejection, failure, feedback mm. were all things that I, ever since I was a child, I'd never read the feedback on my essays or assignments. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't handle it. That's how bad I was. Because I, I hadn't made that separation between identity, mm. what I do and who I am. Right. That's such a huge thing. It sounds really simple. What I do is not who I am. And yet I think it's something our generation struggles with mm. significantly. Mm. Um, and so I really had to get past that. Um, thinking that when I was given feedback, when I was rejected, when, if you're going to be in business, if you're going to be in leadership, that's a part of the deal. Mm. Like you can't dodge failure and rejection because that's all a part of stepping out. It's yeah, all a part of um, absolutely. trying new things. Mm. Otherwise, you'll find that you literally never try anything mm. new because you're too scared of the results. Um, so we talk about that a lot in schools, the growth and the fixed mindset. Mm. I actually really recommend reading um, the book Mindset by Professor Carol Dweck. Mm. Um, it talks a lot about the growth and the fixed mindset and how a fixed mindset sees rejection, feedback mm. as um, a sign that we lack intelligence or skills. Mm. Um, and so in these studies, they found children conditioned to have a fixed mindset and see um, their work as a reflection on their intelligence or yeah. abilities. Not only would they not try new activities, but mm. they would lie about how well they did, like mm. kids in pre-primary. Yeah. And fast forward 20 years later, you'll find a lot of young adults are still only doing things they know they'll succeed at yeah, or okay. misrepresenting their results. Mm. That's what Instagram is, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> like wow. Us, but you don't get the likes anymore. I know. So <laughs> <laughs> that's one measure that we lose out on. But I think that's such a where so many people are misrepresenting mm. how things go in their lives because they see it as a negative. When really if we understand that rejection, failure is actually... It forces us to innovate. It forces us to try again, to dig deeper. And that's when we do our best work. Mm. And so I still, I still find I internally get a bit defensive when anything looks like rejection or mm. um, feedback isn't 100% what I want it to be. Yeah. But I think, I think I will probably spend years trying to get past that. But mm. because I'm aware of it, I'm aware of my natural tendency to shut off, avoid, be defensive. Yeah. I force myself to lean into it because I know that yeah. it's good for me. Mm. And I think, I think that's what we have to do. Even if you have a natural tendency to avoid, you've got to be mature enough to identify that mm. and still lean in. Yeah, that's so good. I think my, this, this one quote sticks with me um, from one of my uni lecturers. He said, the greatest determinant of future failure is past success. Mm. So sometimes if you've succeeded multiple times, then that's a good sign that you're resting on your laurels and then okay. your future work isn't going to be innovative or thought through in the way that it needs mm. to be. Okay. And yeah. so if we're seeing that failure is actually what could lead us to our next success, then we're not as scared of it. Mm. That rejection isn't just a negative it's okay this could propel me to produce my best work ever mm. yeah very good so what would you say to a creative person um 
or innovator of some description mm. that is basically wanting to go their own way so that they don't have to deal with a nose. <laughs> um, I would say you're going to enjoy your own work, but it won't necessarily get to the the masses that it you may be destined to reach. Right. I think uh, I've worked with creatives in the past. I hope... I hope this is what you mean in the question. Sure. <laughs> I've worked with creatives in the past who are so um, so attached to the purity of their creative expression and yeah. that, you know, my boss or the client or the masses, they don't understand my art. They don't art. get me. They don't get me. <laughs> they want to drag me down and make me mainstream. And look, I, I get I get that to a degree. But I think your art will only it will have a limit of the number of people that it can speak to if you're not open to um, other people helping you with the expression of it. If you're wanting your art and that expression to speak to multitudes and the masses, mm. you need to be able to take on board the voices of others. Yeah. And you need to have a certain amount that you're willing to compromise on. Mm. Otherwise, your art will be enjoyed by you and your other highbrow, highly <laughs> artistic <The indie> creatives. <laughs> yes, yes. I think you've got to learn to compromise on some things. Mm. So in that way, I'm also hearing that you need to drill down on your non-negotiable values mm. as a creative. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you do. I think there are some things that you stay true to. I think there are some things, but there might also be work that you produce for yourself and mm. then other work that you collaborate on. Mm. Um, and the work you collaborate on, you have to be willing to compromise on a bit more. Yeah. Because um, I, I, think, I think in the world there are innovators, there are communicators, mm -hmm. there are artists, there are academics. Mm. And I think they all play a part in that information and that art going out. Yeah. I think sometimes your best academics, they might do the research and the studies, but they may not be the most effective at communicating that in a way that people mm. understand and a way yeah. that's actually going to change and transform people's lives mm. in the same way that they need the artist to help communicate and the communicator the artist sometimes needs mm. that help in broadening their platform to yeah. impact people. So maybe it really is about gathering voices that are different to you, mm. that you can trust yes. in your creative expression, in your creative journey. Mm. Yeah, that would, that, would be, that would be difficult at times, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, totally. Totally. Sometimes it's infuriating. <laughs> Isn't it? It's frustrating sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes those collaborations, those times that you take on board those other beliefs and opinions mm. that's sometimes that's iron sharpening iron mm. that's God helping you refine your <laughs> sharp bits Absolutely. so that you can impact more people mm. well I think one of the things I've learned about teams is that you do need variety mm. um, people with different backgrounds people with different skill sets it adds to the richness of the team yep. but it also adds to the conflict within yes, the team so it does you've got to deal with that if everyone agrees with you then you're probably um yeah 
you're yeah. not going to do much, are you? <laughs> just going to sit around affirming each other. <laughs> mm, absolutely. And I think this could be an interesting discussion. Mm. Um, it, it, I th- I'm kind of thinking about how, especially young people, you know, you're on the cutting edge. You you, you want to be innovative. You want to mm. do different things differently. Um, and sometimes it feels like older people are wet blankets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I love that you said that your mum is one of your, mm. um, you know, confidants that you mm. go to, that is someone that's really important for you. Um yeah, how how do you see this whole idea of having older people as voices in your life? Mm, I think it's so crucial. I, I definitely had times when I was younger where I was, ah, the man, they don't understand, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then there are times now where I'm like, oh, they probably just think that I don't understand. <laughs> mm. Where I've, I see myself in that role of um, mm. bringing guidance that may not be wanted (laughs) Mm, mm. um but i i do think the older you get the more you realize that god made community with this diversity for a reason we're Mm. supposed to learn from each other yeah and yeah it is really frustrating when older generations don't have an appreciation for the younger ones don't make room for them to speak Mm. but i think it's just as dangerous when the young people don't listen to the older generation. Yeah. I think that's foolishness mm. at its peak, yeah. right? Where we assume that we know everything. Mm. I think when there is conflict and differing opinions, that's where humility plays a big part mm. and where Holy Spirit can help us see, okay, what's pride speaking yeah. right now and what's actually um, just that you have a perspective that's different. Mm. Um but pride, I think, is one of the the big players that doesn't get mentioned in yeah, that age debate. Yeah, I was debate. just about to say, <laughs> pride, that's a, that's, that's a very important lens that you need to, mm. to find. Yeah, I think both sides, <laughs> yep. it's such a factor with both sides. And we label age. Mm. We label the debate as age, but often it's the pride mm. debate. And when we can get past that... Mm. then it gets a little bit easier to Mm. see the other person's side. Yeah. So with that, you started ISRA 23-24. You're going to council members. You're going to (laughs) school administrators. And Mm. you're saying, I've got something that could help you. Mm. Um, Did you face any ageism? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I think a little bit. I think... There was sometimes ageism, sometimes a bit of sexism. Um, right. Sometimes it's hard to identify which one's at play. Um, mm. I think, um, yeah, I was in a meeting last week where everyone was 10 to 30 years older than me and they even made a joke about, oh, she wouldn't get it, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, yeah, ha, ha. You should see Cass's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, smiled sweetly, ha, ha, ha. God help me be gracious. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I think it, I think it can be a factor. Um, but I think it comes down to your identity. Mm. If your identity is secure in God and yeah. who he's 
made you to be, but also what he's called you to do. Mm. Um, I had so many, I talked about it in the last podcast. I had so many insecurities raging when I started. Mm. Um, but as God really helped me, um, I guess like knuckle down in my identity, Mm. uh, I was able to, that stuff just kind of washed off me a little more. Mm. Um, because you, you have to remember, it says in the Bible that promotion comes not from the East or the West, but comes from God. Mm. And so, yes, this person, my age may be a barrier, but at the end of the day, if this is something God wants me to walk into, he mm. will make the way. And I don't know, I guess part of me kind of loves being underestimated. <laughs> like, wouldn't you rather be underestimated than overestimated? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of think, all right. All right, if that's the way you see me, I'll let the quality of my product or service do the talking for me. I never want to be that person who has oversold Mm. and underdelivered. Yeah, I would rather let. I'm like, okay, they'll see. God Mm. will either God will open the door, or and I've I've had that doors I knocked on years ago, totally disinterested, and now coming to my door Mm. because the quality of what we do has spoken for us. Yeah, and. I'd rather it that way than... Mm. So in God's timing, yeah. really. God's timing. Mm. And, and I think that's part of your story, which uh, I think has been quite exciting for me to have heard it, that Israel has never been something that you had to really push. Mm. Yeah. How yeah. did you find the softness, the sweetness to... the patience just to yeah. wait for the doors to open? Well, I think... Um, just really quickly, I think in the Bible, we always see unique strategies. Mm. God giving unique strategies, like walking around the wall that many times, going mm. and getting the tax payment out of the fish's mouth. Like, yeah. It's always really unique. And I think that there are basic business wisdoms, mm-hmm. um, things that we should do. But then as Christian leaders, he's going to give us unique strategy. Yeah, and right. um, for me... God told me a couple of years ago um, when I was trying to do cold calling, which was so hard for me, yeah. <laughs> so hard. And I was doing all of this like direct marketing, trying to contact schools, getting nowhere, having mm. the receptionist hang up on me. Yeah. <laughs> um, God told me, don't strive, just steward what I give you. And mm. I really struggled with that because I love making things happen. Mm. And I was like, God, it even says in the Bible, what happens to the lazy person? Like you tell us, don't be lazy. And he's, I really felt God say, okay, then don't be lazy with what I give you. Mm. And so I've knuckled down on our quality of our, the quality of our service. I've made sure that our marketing online was clear and concise mm. and good branding and, yeah. and in line with curriculum and all of, I've tried to be really diligent yeah. with what's out there, but I haven't gone hunting for opportunities and I've really seen God open up doors that we never could have dreamed of, right. like working with the juvenile detention center, working wow. in some of the top schools, but some of the roughest schools. <laughs> and that's, I think, I think God is saying to most of us, steward what I give you. Mm-hmm. I think that is a, a, a wise thing to do. Mm. Um, but I do also think that it was something that God's told me. And there might even come a time where he says, okay, now it's time for you to step out, expand, go harder. Yeah. But in this time, when I seek him, he just keeps telling me, steward what I give you. Mm. And I think 
we need to be always checking in and saying, okay, God, what's your word for me in mm. this season? Brilliant. What, what are you doing now mm. so that I can make sure I'm not striving and wasting my energy on something you're not leading me in? Yeah, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I think sometimes it's so much comparison. Mm. And yes, sometimes totally. we make vehicles um, the whole principle. Mm. And I love that you are... Um, humble enough to just say this is what god gave me (laughs) oh god is so generous isn't he and Mm. you're right you can't get cocky when you go actually it was god like (laughs) it's a safer place to be (laughs) yeah absolutely well i guess in church world you can have your hill songs you can Mm. have your kingdom cities and then you can have little old us you know plodding along week after week and there's no comparison we're just doing a different work yeah. And God's doing something different there. That's you are you are being the expression God wants mm. in Big Park right now. Yeah. And yeah, I think when people try to look at templates and models and copy, mm. I just feel so sad because they're missing out on the creative expression God wants to have through them. Mm. That that expression of God through them can't be found through anyone else, mm. but it gets lost the minute they try to fit it into a template. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Cass. I think that's about the time that we have for this. Why don't you just give a quick, um, how do people get in contact with you regarding ISRA? If um, you're out there and um, you're wanting to get in touch with Cass about having ISRA come to speak at your youth ministry or if you run a school, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, thank you. Our our website's the best place to go, so Mm -hmm. it's isra.izra.com.au fantastic got all that info oh thank you so much Cass for spending this time with us thanks for having Um, me it's been great insight and I hope that it really helps people out there thanks Nate thanks so much for tuning in to today's podcast remember to help us to share to spread our podcast to other people that might benefit from the content that we are creating also make sure that you send through your questions uh, your topics to nate at thelivechurch.com.au so that we can continue to make this podcast as relevant and helpful as possible thanks so much and we'll catch you soon